Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. As always, I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. Now, I do want to say again for my audio-only listeners, I am once again recording this podcast live on my YouTube channel. So everybody that's tuned into the live stream will have a chance to comment their questions, and uh, they'll get their questions answered live on the stream. So if you are an audio-only listener, make sure y'all follow me on YouTube. Just search Anthony DiNardo and hit that bell to get notified next time I go live. And also to check out the rest of my other videos, like I just dropped the video this morning talking about the potential of LeBron James joining the Miami Heat, which, spoiler alert, I don't think is necessarily likely, but there's a lot of signs that say the writing might be on the wall, no matter how much LeBron wants to troll that he's going to the Knicks. But anyways, I do want to welcome everyone that's in the stream here as well, and I do also want to tell y'all, if you want to check out the audio-only podcast, you can find that by searching Believe in Miami Heat, that's B-L-E-A-V in Miami Heat, uh, and uh, let's get into it, and make sure y'all like and subscribe, do all that good stuff, but we got a lot to talk about, because finally, the Miami Heat have won a basketball game. No, they've won two basketball games. Does that make anyone feel great? Uh, not necessarily, I don't think, especially considering the last game was, was against the Washington Wizards, but who am I to pull win? It's the NBA, everybody's trying very hard, and it's hard to get wins, so I'm certainly not one of those people that ever likes to complain after a win. Now, I do want to put the last week into perspective. We know what the holes are on this team are. That has not changed. They have a size issue. They have a starting power forward issue. They have a backup guard issue. They may or may not have a Tyler Hero issue. I'm just kidding, kind of. I don't really want to hate on Tyler Hero too much, although he hasn't been very efficient over the last few weeks, which is kind of starting to get a little bit concerning. Uh, I actually do want to get into Tyler Hero a little bit here. Uh, so kind of, I'll give you a rundown for this whole podcast too, is I have a kind of list of notes of everything that's happened over the last week, and we'll kind of get throughout the, all the notes, uh, and we'll answer everyone's comments at the end, or maybe throughout. Uh, but I do want to pull up this screen sharing here on the stream, so everybody that's here can kind of look at Tyler Hero's stats, because it's starting to become a bit of an issue with how inefficient the shooting is, right? Well, I don't want to say starting to because it's kind of been an issue for some time. Uh, but the thing I do like is Tyler Hero obviously came out and said that he wants to try to transition his game a little bit into being more of a facilitator slash point guard. And one thing I didn't like is he kind of said, oh, it's a it's been a bit of a struggle. Like, don't blame your bad shooting on you trying to transition, right? You've pretty much been shooting since you came back from the ankle injury, which was quite some time ago now. So I don't really want to blame that on you transitioning into a new role. And also Tyler Hero talked about making sacrifice, but it seems like the one sacrifice that he might not be willing to do is come off the bench. Now, we don't know if Spolcher ever asked him to do that, but we do know that Tyler Hero has said multiple times over the last several years that he does prefer to be in the starting lineup. And, you know, I, it's easy to believe that that hasn't changed, right? But if we look at Tyler Hero's last few games here, uh, we can just start back. Let's pick a, let's pick a date. Uh, since his last very good game, he was 10-19 and 19 versus the Atlanta Hawks, and that was on uh, January 19th, okay? And if we look at the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 games since, Tyler Hero, is uh, his numbers in that span are 16 points per game. Uh, he does have 4 rebounds, 4 assists, and he's shooting 38% from the field and still 40% from 3. 
So let me make one thing very clear. From the three-point line, he is having a hell of a shooting season from the three-point line. But the fact that you're under 40% from the field and you're talking a larger sample size, that's a bit concerning. Now, that's only a seven-game sample size, I guess. So let's go all the way back to the beginning of the year in 2024. And his numbers in 2024 looks like Tyler Hero is averaging 18 points a night on under 40% from the field and 39% from three. So again, three-point shooting is great, but you're talking about a guy who's supposed to be your leading scorer slash shot taker slash your your go-to guy, right, on the offensive end. 18 points per game, under 40% of the field is not going to cut it. And now you're talking about over a month sample size. That's starting to become an issue. Regardless, I do want to give Tyler Hero some credit for being a better playmaker over the last couple games. Uh, he did have the, the eight rebounds, eight assists the game before that. Uh, and last game, he I think he only had five assists. But he seems like he's making more of a concerted effort to pass the ball more, maybe look for Bam in the pick and roll slightly more. Uh, but it's something I still want to see Tyler Hero improve on a little bit. It hasn't been that much better for Terry Rozier, who's also shooting wildly inefficient. Uh, we'll switch back over to the screen share here on this side. And let's go ahead and look up Terry Rozier's stats because I think last game he was like three for, it wasn't three for 19, was it? Was it that bad? Uh, I, it's, it sure seemed like it. Now, Terry Rozier also has been a very good playmaker. I like what I've seen on the defensive end, but we got him on this team because he can't be a bucket. That's what we're going to really need from him. And I also want to preface all this by saying I'm not concerned about him. It's still relatively early, but we're, we're, we're tiptoeing on the line of when we should be concerned or not. Every broadcast, Eric Reed has kind of said, oh, it's still early. Give Rozier a chance. Don't write him off. But when do we get to write him off? When, when do we get to get annoyed at his play? Because his numbers since coming here are terrible. We'll go ahead and look at these six games since Terry Rozier joined the Miami Heat in which he's averaging 10 points a night, shooting 30% from the field, 31% if you round up, and that's 26% from three. That's not going to cut it. And I'm not mad at Terry Rozier. The struggles they've had, you know, they, they've lost the first few games with him. Those are not his fault. Overall, he plays a very minute factor in the blame of this Heat team and their recent struggles, right? But I do want to say that we can't just look past his terrible shooting. I really, really like to see him turn it around. And also, if he does, that'll complete add a, another dynamic to this team. Because I love the way he gets to the rim. Even though the boy is shooting, what did I say, 30%? Wow, that's terrible. Even though he's shooting 30%, it's been a breath of fresh air seeing Terry Rozier at least get to the rim. Uh, and that's something that, that I'm absolutely loving to see from him. Because with Kyle Lowry, we got absolutely none of that. Uh, anyways, let's, let's talk about maybe some more, well, I was going to say some more positive, but I do see that the first point I got here is actually, uh, about the, the game versus the Phoenix Suns. So the Miami Heat, of course, lost to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I don't remember having any specific notes about that, but the note I do have after that is that is when the Miami Heat had their team meeting it wasn't really a players only meeting that's what you kind of see a lot of times when guys are when you when you think your team has like actual issues they kind of kick all the coaching staff out and they say guys what's wrong with us it wasn't really that from what I've heard from what I heard it was more of like a film session uh but people were acting like or I guess talking about it was more than that because I'm sitting here thinking a film session like what's so special about that obviously the Heat won two games after this so they talked about something but at the time, I was thinking, what's the big deal, right? Like, don't they always have film sessions? But you've heard a lot of guys come out and say that. Uh, I think Caleb Martin said everyone was very vulnerable. Uh, Bam said that 
things that needed to be said were said. You also had Jimmy after the the last game where he said uh, during the streak he wasn't as aggressive as he should have been. And I think that's something that they also might have talked about in this meeting. And over the last four games, Jimmy's averaging like 10 free throw attempts per game. So obviously he has his aggressiveness back. I don't want to be like everyone else that says, oh, it's time for Jimmy Butler to start caring again. Because no, he starts caring when the playoffs start. Last year, we didn't see Jimmy Butler try until literally the playoffs started. So I think Jimmy's just doing a better job now picking and choosing his spots when to try because he understands if you miss the playoffs, what good is it having playoff Jimmy, right? But uh, I do like what I've been seeing from Jimmy Butler uh, lately, and they need it. I wish he would have started a couple games sooner than he did, but I'm not going to complain too, too much. Uh, the next bullet point that I got here is that Kamehameha Jr. is a rising star. Very nice to see him get some recognition. Obviously, he's having an incredible season. This is the first, or I guess last month, is the first month that he did not win Player of the Month. That went to Brandon Miller of the Charlotte Hornets, who has been playing phenomenal. But that's obviously because Jaime Hawkins' role has been slightly declined since Jimmy Butler came back. Uh, it's unfortunate because I loved what Jaime Hawkins was doing as far as being an isolation scorer. I felt like he was so damn efficient when they gave him the ball and got out of his way or gave him space, cleared the floor for him, let him go to work in the post. And you haven't really seen him get those opportunities since Jimmy Butler came back. Obviously, that's the case. Somebody's going to have to sacrifice but I hope they can find a way to maybe get him more involved because he is so talented on the offensive end. And his time will come. He's young. I get it. But I want to see my guy get a few post touches a game, Spo. I know you're not running plays for Hamehake, Spo, but you should. Can my guy get a couple post touches? Yeah, I love the footwork. That's not news here. Uh, but also, as far as the the, the actual rising stars, because uh, we'll talk about Bam. Shout out to Bam making his, his third all-star appearance, too. I don't care at all all about the all-star game or the rising stars now i'll be watching because I, I watch every year it's fun to watch sometimes i support my guys but as far as being one of those fans that's obsessed with voting oh today is three three x votes day go vote or oh uh uh heat fans you got to do better uh, miles turner has more votes than bam and this and that and heat fans get all outraged i don't care about that people are like oh how did who who, who the hell made the all-star team over jimmy i, I don't even remember because i don't care but you had Heat fans mad about that too. Jimmy Butler don't want to be in the All-Star game. So if he don't care about the All-Star game, why would I care about the All-Star game? And when and I'll, I'll say when Bam was young, he made the All-Star team his third year in the league. That was fun. I was rooting for him. I was voted for him. But now this team has championship aspirations. I don't care about the All-Star game. I'm happy for those guys. I want them to make the Hall of Fame. Uh, stacking up these all-star appearances is very good for Bam's legacy when it comes to his time to make the Hall of Fame, which I think he's certainly on trajectory for that, right? Obviously, a couple defensive player of the year, championships would help, but that's the point. I want to win a championship the way this team has been very far in the playoffs year after year after year. There's more important things than making the all-star game. So if that's your thing, good for you. I'm not ragging on anybody for doing something that they enjoy. That's just not something that I care about, truthfully. Uh, but also, shout out to Bam because uh, some other news we got this week, which absolutely shocked me, is Bam at a bio is now the fifth leading scorer in Heat history. That just surprised me because, one, he's young. I guess he's been here since when D-Wade was still here. So you talking, what, Bam's been here, what, five or six years now? This is in year seven for Bam. Anyway, six or seven years. So that's quite some time. 
But when he started his career, the first couple of years, he really wasn't a scorer, right? He was more of a, a rim runner, a lob threat type of guy. So he's really only had a few seasons as the guy or one of the guys. So for him to be fifth in heat scoring, that kind of caught me by surprise. Uh, the top four you got is D Wade at 21,000. You got Alonzo Mourning at 9,500. Glenn Rice at 9.2K. And then you got LeBron at 7.9K. Uh, and then there's Bam at 6.9K uh, with Chris Bosch rounding him out uh, just a few points behind Bam. So Bam at a bio is only 1,000 points behind LeBron. So when it's all said and done, he'll very likely pass him too. If Bam will be here for a long time, which I can't see him going nowhere. You have these crazy trades that all these national pundits be putting out of, oh, send Bam for this guy and this guy. They they don't get it. Bam Adebayo will never be traded from the Miami Heat. Now, will he walk in free agency if if things don't go well? Who knows? I, I don't know where Bam's mind is at. I know he has a lot of friends, and so far he hasn't been able to get any of those friends over here. He's very close with KD. KD went elsewhere. Very close with Bradley Beal. He went elsewhere. Very close with Donovan Mitchell. He went elsewhere. How much of that is the front office's fault? Probably most of it. Probably none of it is Bam's fault, actually. But the point is, if the front office can't get any of Bam's guys here, maybe Bam leaves one day and goes elsewhere. But that's not something I want to talk about because right now the Miami Heat have had more success than all those other teams. So I think it'd be kind of stupid for Bam to leave if he wants a championship one day, which I'm sure he does. But regardless, shout out to Bam at about making the All-Star game and becoming fifth in leading scoring all time. I also want to talk about Terry Rozier. It came out this uh, this week and said that the vibes were just off when the Heat were in their midst of their losing streak. He basically came out and said that while in Charlotte, losing was kind of expected. And maybe when they got some losses, people weren't as down as they as they should be i guess uh and once he got to miami he could see how uh maybe chaotic or depressing things were basically just saying that it was nice being with an organization that's not used to losing like that some people took that as a slight to charlotte i saw some charlotte fans that were kind of mad on that i'm mad at that but the way that i look at it he just he's it's true you know when you have a team that has championship aspirations and a team that doesn't obviously losing the vibes are going to be different and I did like to hear that the, the vibes were off when Heat were losing because it meant that they care. You know, that's something that we compared about the last uh, few seasons. Or we, we talked about where is this the worst stretch, you know, when the Heat were on the losing streak that the Heat have had in the last few seasons. And people were talking about, oh, when Spo and Jimmy were fighting might have been worse. Uh, but something people said to, to, to counterpoint that is that showed that the Heat care. And we didn't see too much of that on the court during this losing streak that shows that the Heat care. So we were wondering if they do, but obviously they had that, that team meeting, showed that they care, and they've had two relatively nice performances since. You had the game versus, versus the Kings, which was an ultimate feel-good game. The Kings are a very good team, and I think the Heat ended up finishing with like 38 assists on 42 shots because the, the official scoring took away two assists. It was 40 assists, but still 38 assists on 42 shots is phenomenal. That is insane. Are you kidding me? What is it makes me wonder why they can't always do that. I'm not saying have 90% of your shots assisted, but why can't they always look cohesive? Do they need some sort of team meeting to air it all out just to act, just to perform like that? I don't know. But what I do know is five years into a build with majority the same roster and the same core, things do start to get a little stale. And I think that's something that we've been seeing. 
And that's why I hope they do make an additional move at the trade deadline to shake things up even more. We even heard about last season, adding Kevin Love was enough to kind of get their juices going again. Uh, you know about the lead us Kevin chant that they do. And we've heard plenty of guys talk about how just Kevin Love's insertion into the locker room has done wonders for this team. I like Terry Rozier. I think he will help a lot. There's a lot of fit concerns there in that starting lineup. But I'm hoping something like that, I'm hoping something gets addressed either in the trade deadline or with Spolster's rotations because I know we talked about Tyler a little bit earlier, but I still am on the bench Tyler Hero train, especially when Duncan Robinson comes back. Uh, we should talk about him because he's been with, or I was going to say in concussion protocol. I think that's a football term, uh, but he's had a concussion. He's missed the last few games. I don't know when he get, got hit, uh, but I'm sure he'll be all right in due time. I do think he's going to miss the game versus the Clippers, but when he does come back, Mm, I think I want him in the starting lineup. We're not going to see it, but I'm on that train still. He's having an amazing season, and his numbers in the starting lineup are much better than when they were coming off the bench. And if Tyler Hero is going to be that inefficient to start the game, why not put him off the bench and see if he could rekindle that magic that he had a few years ago when he won sixth man of the year? Because it's not like Terry Rozier can't facilitate. Terry Rozier has also been a great facilitator since he's joined the Miami Heat. And I think the cohesion in that front starting unit with Duncan instead of Tyler would be much, much better. And preferably, they could get a four at the trade deadline that's bigger than Hayward Highsmith. No slight to Hayward Highsmith, who I do enjoy, but he's not a power forward and he can't run that position. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Kendrick Perkins' bum ass. I don't know why, but he did have something that picked up some steam this uh, this last week that basically said that Jimmy Butler, they, that he should trade Jimmy Butler and go give him a chance to win a championship. Where Kendrick Perkins? Because the last I checked, the Eastern Conference team with the most, the, not even Eastern Conference, the NBA team with the most final appearances in Jimmy Butler's tenure with the Miami Heat has been the Miami Heat. The team with the most conference final appearances since Jimmy Butler joined the Miami Heat is the Miami Heat. So where the hell do you want Jimmy Butler to go that he has a better chance to winning a championship than right here? Where is that, Perkins? And also, Jimmy Butler came out and said recently, or his agent came out and said that Jimmy's not going here. He's here forever. Jimmy has said that countless times, and you know he loves the culture because this city's all about winning, and that's what he's all about. Now, that's what the franchise used to be about, I guess. Is Mickey Harrison still about winning? We're going to find out because I think you got a potential championship contender. You need some pieces to put you over the top. So let's see if Mickey still keeps his cheap tendencies or decides to go into the trade deadline. Get some guys that can help you. Get rid of Caleb. Or I love Caleb Martin, but maybe trade Caleb Martin for a guy who's more expensive with longer years because obviously we can't keep Caleb Martin going into next season. See if the Miami Heat decide to go over that first or stay over that first apron, stay over that second apron, and put together a team that could win a championship. That's what we're going to see. Because you're right. They, they say they're about winning. So I, I'm going to take their word for it. But of late, they haven't been keeping the main thing the main thing. So let's see if they, they still decide to do that. Uh, let me check the rest of these notes here. So we basically talked about the, the Heat beating the Kings. We also talked about uh, the Miami Heat. They beat the Wizards yesterday. Uh, not too much to say in that game. Uh, they did get up starting the third quarter. They, they, things started really clicking for them. Uh, but then eventually uh, it got slightly close in the fourth quarter. But they made the shots they had to uh, to kind of close the, close the Wizards out and get a must-needed win. Because they do play the Los Angeles Clippers tomorrow. That team has been balling. And I'm scared. Mostly because I am going to the game tomorrow, taking a day trip down to Miami, going with my boy Thomas, who if y'all saw my video earlier today, was hyped because he's a big Kawhi Leonard fan. 
mostly because he's Argentinian, so he loved Ginobili, meaning he loved the Spurs, meaning he loved Kawhi, and now he followed Kawhi to the Clippers. So long train there to his fandom, uh, but he wanted to go. So Because if it was up to me, I said, I ain't spending money on this team. Not right now. Not for the product they've been putting out, especially at home, right? But he said he wanted to go. So Phil, you will have some fun. We're going with our other roommate, Hector, uh, and we're going to head to the game tomorrow. So I will be there. Hopefully, I didn't waste my money on that game, but I'm not feeling confident. I'm not going to lie to you, uh, but it'll be a good time hanging out with them. So uh, I used to vlog at all the games I went to. If y'all ain't never seen, I had uh, some vlogs of like, I think I got like four up. They're very funny. They're some of my most popular videos, but it's a lot of work. I might just want to enjoy the game tomorrow and not have to film and do all that, but We'll see potential Heat versus Clippers vlog uh, coming out tomorrow, but but that team's been playing awesome, so it'll be a huge measuring measuring stick for the Miami Heat to see if they are actually back, if they are actually turning around. Is the title of this podcast, I believe, we'll say, uh, and we'll, and we'll see because that team's offensive firepower is ridiculous. Kawhi Leonard is out playing out of his mind right now. Don't get it twisted. Come playoff time, that team don't scare me. If that team was to somehow make it to the NBA Finals, they don't scare me. Paul George, choker. James Harden, choker. Kawhi Leonard, amazing, but can't stay healthy. That team does not scare me. But I do want to beat them tomorrow. Uh, and I like our chances if everyone plays, actually. I changed my mind. You know why? Because we know the Heat only lose to the Clippers if they're missing their whole starting lineup. Well, I think we lost to the Clippers this year with the starting lineup. But y'all remember last year, there was like two games. Amir Coffee dropped like 30 on us, single-handedly took us down. It's a short-handed Clippers team that scares me more, to be honest. So that being said... Forget everything I said the last two minutes. The Miami Heat are going to bust that ass tomorrow, and I'm going to be in attendance. Uh, and it's going to be a good time. Uh, I think that's kind of all I got to say about the Miami Heat exactly. Uh, for everyone on stream here, make sure y'all get in and uh, leave your comments down below because I want to be answering any questions that y'all have. Uh, so make sure to answer some of y'all questions because I want to close out the pod with that. Uh, but before we get into y'all questions, I want to talk about the uh, some other news in the NBA that we have going on. Uh, the first one is I want to touch on LeBron James, who earlier today I dropped a video on the YouTube channel basically talking about if there was any chance LeBron could come to the Heat. So I'll kind of expel on that a little bit, uh, but if y'all want more information, watch the video. So it all started, you had this guy, some Joe Schmo, his name was like David Pingalingalingalingalore, something like that, came out and said that LeBron is at the top of the Lakers list to trade this season, and the guy's got some credibility for some other stories, blah, blah, blah. The next day, Rich Paul comes out and says, we're not uh, trading LeBron. LeBron doesn't want to be traded, right? But now you got LeBron being all cryptic on Twitter and with his answers and all this stuff, right? So who knows? Now, typically, LeBron is a very methodical guy who likes to plan his stuff out, go in the offseason, you know, make his mind up in the offseason, decide where he wants to go. But LeBron is 39 years old. Every season, every month counts for the man. And if he thinks that he can't do anything with this Lakers team because they are struggling right now, even though they just beat the, the Celtics without LeBron and AD, which was crazy. But if he thinks this Lakers team this season can't go anywhere, maybe LeBron does ask to be traded because he doesn't have many more seasons to waste, right? If he did get traded to the Miami Heat, I think this team could compete for a championship right away. So maybe he does ask for a trade. Do I predict it? Do I expect it? No, truthfully, I, I don't. But I do think the possibility is there. And he'll end up on whatever team he wants to end up on, right? If it's the Miami Heat, the Miami Heat could send Tyler Hero, Duncan, and Jovich to kind of, in a first-round pick to kind of entice, incentivize the Lakers a little bit, right? Is that a trade I would do? Absolutely. If there was a bidding war for LeBron, let's say the Lakers and the, and the Warriors want him, I would give up Jaime Jaquez too. 
And I know from the comments I was getting earlier, that's not a popular opinion, but adding LeBron James to this Miami Heat team makes him an instant contender. And every single team in the league would be dying to get a one or two year championship window. And I and you can't just take that for granted, right? It's very hard to have a championship window. So I'm willing to sacrifice the future for a guaranteed one to two year championship window. Because I, I think you could get two years with the, with the level that LeBron's playing and the level that Jimmy's playing. I feel comfortable saying you, you get another couple years with those guys still at superstar status, right? And a lot of fans that say you wanna you don't want to mortgage the future. There's no guarantee that with a young core of, let's say, Tyler and Bam, that you ever have a championship window. So why would you risk a what if for a guaranteed right now? And LeBron is positionless. That's what Spolster loves. You could put him at one through five, literally. It would hurt the Heat because they'd be losing shooting and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, which is pretty much the only way they could find enough salary to get to LeBron's $47 million. But the Miami Heat literally finds shooters off the side of the street. They could go to the local Publix, find a guy who's bagging groceries, sign him to a 10-day, and that guy will shoot 40% in the playoffs. The Miami Heat still have Cole Swider. Who, would it shock anyone if he shot 40% from three in the playoffs? That's what this Heat team does. Or they could go into the buyout market. They could get, I mentioned an Alec Burks or a Doug McDermott or a Reggie Bullock, who the, or he uh, played with LeBron on the Lakers a few seasons ago. So there's options out there to find shooters, but you got to get the guy. And at 39 years old, LeBron James is still the guy. We saw him drop 30, 20, and 11 just a week ago versus the Warriors. That's the guy that I want on my team right now. And I think he would make them instant championship contenders. And therefore, I'd give him whatever I have to. Now, if there is a bidding war, the Knicks have a lot of picks, but they don't have as many enticing young contracts. They would trade guys like Mitchell Robinson and Evan Fournier. Those obviously aren't as good as Tyler Hero and Nikola Jovic, right? If you want to rebuild, if you're the Lakers, or if you're the, the Warriors, I'm pretty sure if LeBron went there, he'd want to play with Curry and Clay and his boy Draymond. He'd want to play with his boy Chris Paul. So the only other money they got there is Wiggins, who's a terrible contract at this point because his production has fallen off a cliff. So that'd be sort of a, a, a desensitization. Desensit I'm making up words. That would be something that the Warrior or the Lakers would not want is Andrew Wiggins' contract. So they'd have to do Wiggins and maybe Gary Payton and Kevon Looney. And then they could incentivize them with Jonathan Kaminga, who is better than Tyler Hero, I think, at this point. He's having a hell of a stretch right now. But is Kaminga better than what he could offer with Tyler and Jovic and maybe Jaime Hawkins? I don't think so. I think Jaime Hawkins will be the best player in any realistic deal for LeBron James. But maybe the Heat don't even have to give that up. It all comes down to who LeBron wants to play for. And there is a Bronny James aspect to it. He's not having a great season. Obviously, he has a lot of health issues that are more important. So I don't think Bronny gets drafted this season. He might even stay in college for another year. And LeBron James, he does have a player option on his contract for $50 million next season. I don't know if he'll take that. He's obviously a guy that's made a lot of money in his career. Maybe he'd be willing to sacrifice a little bit to help get some other pieces in. I don't know. There's things you could do there if you're the Miami Heat. But if he's actually out there on the block, I would do everything I can to get him on the trade deadline by February 8th. Uh, got a couple more NBA news here. Make sure y'all get your comments in on, on the live stream because I want to answer y'all questions in just a few minutes here. So make sure y'all get in. Uh, I want to talk about Joel Embiid. Uh, we got the terrible news a couple days ago that he tore his meniscus. That sucks, right? Like even though he's on a rival team, I don't care about that. I don't want to see anyone get hurt. 
it'll be interesting to see where uh, that team ends up because I think a torn meniscus, I mean, we saw, as I'm pulling up the, the NBA standings here on the stream, uh, we saw uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey on the Dolphins, when I forget when he got hurt, but he didn't come back till December, so he missed at least four months, right? So if Joel Embiid was to miss four months, I guess, where does that put us at? With well, this uh, February, March, April, May, that puts us into May. You talking playoff time? Who knows how far that team will fall down? Who knows if this impacts their decision to make or not make moves at the deadline? Maybe the 76ers were all in on getting Zach Levine, who's also out for the season now. We'll talk about that. But maybe now they won't. Or maybe they're more incentivized to make a trade so they can stay afloat. It's hard to tell. But that does change a lot. And right now, the 76ers are fifth in the East. They are 30 and 17, which is a full six games over the 76ers. But we know that team relies on Joel Embiid a lot. It is possible that they fall down pretty far. Maybe the Heat could catch them. Now, it's more likely the Heat catch the Pacers, who are tied in the loss column currently. And that's important because the Pacers are sixth and the Heat are seventh. And you want to stay out of that playing tournament. I'll take the top six seed. That was my goal coming into this year, anyways. And right now, the sixth seed would play the third seed, New York Knicks, who does not scare me whatsoever, right? I love Jalen Brunson. That dude's a dog. But Miami Heat would handle business versus the New York Knicks. Matter of fact, none of those top two teams scare me either because the Heat will bust Milwaukee and Boston's ass too. I don't care. Look, two wins, and I'm already cocky Heat fan again. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about playoffs and stuff further down the line. But the Joel Embiid and 76ers situation is something to monitor as we go forward. Uh the other news that could have a lot of impact on the trade deadline is Zach Levine. So what I want to do now is pull up Fanspo because the Chicago Bulls were rumored to not or that were rumored to maybe not be so active coming on this trade deadline, which I always thought would be very stupid because that team sucks and they have a lot of money tied up into Vucevic and DeMar and Levine. So and for a team that sucks, they should make some moves, right? But especially now that Zach Levine is hurt. Any hope that they have of doing a playoff push, as I pull up, I'll pull the standings back up here. Uh, the Chicago Bulls are 23 and 26, so so they are currently still in the plan. Uh, but any hope of them making any sort of push to win in the playing tournament, get to the NBA playoffs, that all goes out the window now with Zach Levine being hurt. So they need to make a move, and I think that's going to start with Demar Derozan, who is on the final year of his deal, making twenty-eight million dollars. Very likely will not resign there. They'd be stupid to lose him for nothing. So let's see if we could cook, cook up a trade to get into the Miami Heat. Now I've made a video on this before, but I kind of want to revisit here on stream, uh, taking uh, take into account some of these comments uh, and see what people are saying uh, because I love Demar. This team needs buckets. He is a bucket. I think the spacing is overrated because he could still shoot enough to keep the defenses honest, right? It's not like he's Rudy Gobert where the defenses are literally playing 20 feet off of him, right? I've talked about this a lot. I know there's a lot of Heat fans that are not going to like it, but I don't want to get into it again because I have a video on him. So if y'all want to hear my full thoughts on why I think DeMar would work, you could check out the video on my channel. But DeMar makes $28.6 million. Any trade with DeMar would, ooh, I mean, Tyler Hero gets us close. Do I want to trade in our Tyler Hero chip for one season of DeMar DeRozan? Maybe. Because when you talk about efficiency, DeMar DeRozan is the leader of efficiency. Uh, let's go ahead and check out DeMar DeRozan's stats here real quick. I don't believe he's having the most efficient season. It's a little bit down, but we do know for his career, he's a very efficient player. Uh, this season, he is only at 47% uh, and 33% from field. 
but averaging 22 points a night, that's something that you really love to see, especially with the five assists, so he can play make as well. Uh, but if you go for his career, uh, I guess he's only 47% for his career, uh, but the last few seasons before this, uh, he was a guy that was over 50% from the field. So very efficient and obviously much more efficient than Tyler Hero. And I think that's something uh, that will help this team. So let's go back to the trade machine here. Uh, is there any way we can get this done without Tyler Hero? Kyle Lowry would have been the guy that we looked at for most of these trades. And now that he's gone, it makes things a bit more difficult because I don't believe you're trading Terry Rozier. If you wanted to trade Duncan Robinson and if you wanted to trade Caleb Martin, let's see how close that gets us. That gets the Heats $1 million off, so that means we could send over our good old pal Drew Smith, uh, and that should be enough to get this trade done. So if you're looking at Duncan and Caleb and Drew Smith, that's enough to get this trade done. I don't love losing the shooting of Duncan Robinson, but if you're able to keep Tyler Hero in this trade, I think this is something I would absolutely do. Now, the Miami Heat do only have one available first-round pick as it is. They could send to incentivize the Bulls. We could unlock a second first-round pick, but that would require uh, additional trade with OKC, which is possible. Uh, but for the sake of keeping it simple, we'll just talk about this on, on, on this stream here. So, uh, Heat fans, what do you think of this trade right here? Uh, I think this is a great trade for the Heat, and I don't think it's something the Bulls would ever consider. But that franchise is dumb, so you never know. And two, uh, maybe there's not a lot of suitors for DeMar, right? Maybe because DeMar's, what does it say? It doesn't show DeMar's age. Uh, maybe because DeMar is 34 years old, on the last year of his deal, not a great three-point shooter. There's not a lot of teams looking for a one-year rental on a guy like that. Now, we know DeMar loves LA. We know the Lakers are desperate to make a trade. Do they have the pieces to get DeMar? They could probably figure it out, right? Uh, so maybe the Lakers are a team that could get him. If not, I would really like the Miami Heat's chances, uh, or I would really like the Miami Heat to get this. Is this a trade they would do? The Bulls, I don't think so. Kind of because they're taking on a lot of money for Duncan Robinson. And unless they really love him as a player, he's not super young. I, I don't exactly see why the Bulls would do this because I'm sure they could get a first-round pick from another team. Uh, and really, outside of this, it, it looks like the only option you could really do is send over Tyler Hero, which might incentivize the Bulls. And like I said, I, I think I would still do it. We know DeMar is not much of a playoff player, but neither is Tyler Hero. And if Jimmy wants to coast in a regular season, hey, you got DeMar to handle the load in the regular season. And then come playoff time, you let Jimmy come over and kind of do his thing. Uh, if we were to do Tyler for uh, DeMar straight up, that does work. Uh, so something like Tyler in a first-round pick could work. But that package, I'm not as strong on if I'm a Miami Heat fan. Uh, let me go ahead and let's see who else the Bulls have here because they have another name that I, I was going to say absolutely love. The guy I would absolutely love is Caruso. So I was going to talk about Vucevic. We'll do Vucevic uh, next. And let's talk about uh, Caruso. I think there's a lot of suitors for for, for uh, Caruso, unlike the Martirosa, right? That's a guy that may be able to get two first-round picks down the line. The Miami Heat don't have two first-round picks. Would something like, what's Caruso make, $9 million? Would something like Nikola Jovic, a first-round pick, they already have the pick going to them, with something like Nikola Jovic, a first-round pick, and what do we got to make here? Make up here about six million dollars. I'd hate to lose Caleb Martin because Caleb Martin was so awesome in the playoffs last year, and we don't exactly know how Caruso will perform. See, I, I can't do that. I can't give up Caleb for Caruso straight up. Uh, what if we were to do Hayward Highsmith? Wow, he makes no money. What if we were to do Thomas Bryant uh, and Hayward Highsmith? 
See, now we're just playing 2K or nothing like this is realistic. Yeah, so something like Thomas Bryant, Jovic, and Highsmith would get the deal done. Uh, I don't think that's realistic from either party. Uh, so that's why if the Heat were to get Caruso, something that I think more, makes more sense is to maybe also take on the contract of Nikola Vucevic. Now, I know Bulls fans are dying to get rid of Vucevic as I'll pull up his stats here on the stream. The reason uh, the Bulls are dying to get rid of him is because he's making a lot of money and he's having a pretty down season. Uh, he's averaging 17 points per game, uh, but he's 47% from the field. Uh, that's 5% lower than last season. Uh, and he's only at 27% from three, which is like eight percentage points lower than he was last season. So obviously he's having a bit of a down year, but look right here. Look what I'm highlighting on the stream right here. If y'all, if y'all are a visual listener or a visual watcher, 10 and a half rebounds a night. Vucevic can wake up out of bed and get your double digit boards. And that's something that the Miami Heat desperately need because we know they're small. And I know Vucevic is not a great defender, but at the end of the day, he's big. The guy can rebound. He's 6'10", 260. You tell me that's not going to help the Miami Heat? And also, he could shoot the three. Obviously, his numbers this year aren't great. But for his career, he's a 34% three-point shooter. That's fine for his position. That's enough to keep the defense honest. And next to Bam and Bio, I think it will fit great. So let's go back over here to the trade machine. Let's see if we can cook up something to get Vucevic and Caruso. So now you're talking about a trade where I might feel more comfortable trading Tyler Hero. Uh, yeah, I think you'd have to at this point. Uh, now that might be enough to incentivize the Bulls because Vucevic is a negative contract in the Bulls' eyes. So if they are able to shed his salary, then hey, maybe that's something a lot of teams can't do. And then the Bulls will look at the Miami Heat as, as sort of a plus there. So let's say the Miami Heat did Tyler Hero. We could still do Nikola Jovic. Uh, and let's do the... Where is Jovic on this thing? I think I already moved him. Uh, let's, okay, here it is. Nikola Jovic. And let's say the Heat also send that first round pick. That deal should work, and it does. Is this a lot for that package? Maybe. Maybe now that I'm looking at this, I want to still remove Nikola Jovic. If the Heat can do this deal without Nikola Jovic, I think that's an easy dub. The reason why I think this is more realistic is because, well, the Bulls want two first-round picks for Caruso, right? And essentially, to move on from Vucevic's contract, they'd have to attach a first-round pick. So net... Considering, you know, Vucevic is attached to Caruso, the Bulls can expect one first-round pick in return. But in this trade, they're getting a first-round pick and Tyler Hero. I think that's pretty good value for the Bulls. Also, Tyler Hero is a nice young player that fits their timeline very well. Now, if the Bulls do plan to keep, like, Kobe White and build around him, Kobe White's fit with Tyler Hero isn't great. But I don't exactly know what uh, the Bulls' plans are there. But regardless, I look at the Bulls to be a potential suitor that the Miami Heat could work with this deadline. They have a lot of names that I do like, like DeMar. Uh, I, I would have liked Zach, but obviously he can't stay healthy. Uh, I've, we've heard some talk on Io DeSumo, who I like a lot. I love Javon Carter, great defensive perimeter attack defender. If he's on the move, uh, people want rebounding. They want Drummond. I don't like Drummond as much because he's too much of a zero on the offensive end. Some people might, but there's options here. Even Torrey Craig, I think, would be a very nice fit for the Miami Heat there. So it's going to be a very interesting 
uh, February 8th that comes up. That'll be in, I guess, five days here. Uh, so I'm, uh, before I get to these comments here, I want to do a couple, couple uh, shout-out here, things to look for. Uh, so watch my video from earlier today on LeBron James if you're interested on that. Make sure to check out the audio side of this podcast if you're on the stream. If you're on the stream, make sure to check out the video. Like and subscribe. Do all the good stuff. Uh, I was on a Miami Heat roundtable with a couple of my boys. I'll be posting some clips for that uh, eventually. Uh, so make sure y'all check that out. I'll check out the Basement Sports Network because I'm streaming over there. Uh, and now let's uh, see what we got in some of these comments here. Uh, not too many comments today because I'm recording the stream a bit earlier than usual. Uh, maybe a lot of people are, are busy, but we got my ho- we got my guy Jose Mato, uh, Matos who said retired to 15. Uh, hashtag Mario Chalmers. They ain't retiring number 15, Jose. You know this. Uh, Zubin said Jimmy ain't going nowhere. Facts. Uh, Jose also said D-Wade retired two-player with dunks. Anderson Verja and Kendrick Perkins. That, uh, that is the beef. See, he's trying to say that Kendrick Perkins got beef with uh with Miami because D-Wade dunked on him. But Kendrick Perkins is funny though, bro. He except he's not funny at all. I should have said stupid. Because one day he's like, those goons from Dade County. Ain't no one gonna mess with the goons from Dade County. And the next day he's like, the Miami Heat ain't gonna win this series versus the Boston Celtics. As the Miami Heat bust that ass last year, of course. Uh, what else do we got here? We got Jorge Ortiz, who says Miami's an older team. Yes, they made it far uh, in the playoffs the last few years, but teams' lays get old uh, and lose the and lose their twitch in a moment. A la the Pistons in 1991. Great point. That's why I'd like to bring in some younger talent. That's part of the reason I love the Terry Rozier trade. We obviously see his fresh legs in effect especially compared to Kyle Lowry. So it would be nice to make some nicer moves uh, just to maybe get a little bit younger here. Uh, Jose Matos is is a campaign to also get Gabe Vincent back over here. Gabe Vincent would be the perfect player on this Miami Heat team, uh, but unfortunately he's still old and can't necessarily stay healthy. Uh, is there any other comments here? Uh, let's see. Van Lee says, love that Vucevic trade, my boy. Great value for both sides. Bulls get younger with Hero, and we get a stretch big, and Bam can play the four. Also, Caruso can cover up for Rozier. That's why I absolutely love it. Now, would I start Alex Caruso? I don't think so, because I do want to start Duncan Robinson just to get some more shooting in there. But maybe in a closing lineup, a closing defensive possession, you could obviously have Caruso in there, get in with Caleb Martin and Hayward Highsmith, Bam and Jimmy. You'd have an amazing closing defensive lineup. Uh, And I think Caruso would help cover up a lot of holes such as the point-of-attack defense and backup point guard. Uh, He'd be an awesome guy for the Miami Heat to get. Uh, That's uh, pretty much the only interesting uh, or relevant comments I guess we got here. We got a few more, but uh, most of them are just some love. I appreciate all the love from the rest of y'all. Uh, if you want to really help me out, y'all see the number right up here in the top left corner, 34, 36 subs. Uh, make sure to sub because it helps me a lot. We on the road to 5K subscribers. Turn on those bell notifications so you can get the notifications when I go live next. And I will not see y'all tomorrow after the Heat game because I will be at the Miami Heat game. So I'll see y'all at some point after that. Pull up in the city, trying to get that dead fast. Do it on my own, I don't need no dead weight. Had to kill him off, yeah, I need a headspace. You know this homegrown bitch don't offend me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.